Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Mile Higher Podcast. Today is episode 84, and we are doing a ponder sesh because oh, yeah. this was highly requested from you guys, actually. And it's actually one of our favorite episodes to do, I think. Yes. Oh, definitely. Because we these. get to talk about so many different things during one episode. Yeah, I've kind of described this as a melting pot in the past, like, or not a melting pot. A potluck. <laughs> potluck. And then I always said melting potluck. pot instead. A knowledge potluck. That's really what it should be called. We each bring, you know, a couple things to the table and we share with each yeah. other, teach each other as we go. And they're really interesting little Nuggets that we couldn't make an entire episode about, but we think are worth sharing with you guys. Totally. Yeah. And probably some stuff you've never even heard of, hopefully. Um, I think so. Some really mind bending stuff too today. So before we get into this week's news stories, though, we want to thank our awesome sponsors today, Snow, Upstart, Third Love, and The Farmer's Dog. We appreciate your continued and loyal support to the podcast. Yes. But let's go ahead and just jump right in <laughs> with Area 51 raid that went down this week. Yes, you guys. September 20th. What a glorious day that was. Came and went. It with, was. It was pretty entertaining. It day. was. But I mean, it was very minimal. Like it the was. biggest thing that happened <laughs> was the video that went viral of the news station. Yeah. Uh, a reporter was out there to like, you know report what's happening at the gates of area yeah. 51 there's literally just like campers and people coming out there just yeah. to kind of hang out around area 51 actually let's go ahead and roll that rachel clip. nevada back out here live we will have much more from the tiny community of rachel nevada at 6 30 reporting live your martell's 13 action news okay i'm actually glad that we watched this clip because i really thought that this was like a staged thing where they had <laughs> someone just run in the background like they're like hey kid I'll give you 20 bucks if you like run, <laughs> do a Naruto run in the background. Yeah. Um, I, it's so funny though. I'm so glad that that was the best clip. Yeah. We so got, that made it all kind of worth it. But yeah, I mean, it was a little disappointing. I'm glad there were some people out there though. And it was funny. It was like some good shit to laugh at, but I well, kind of was hoping some people would actually really try. <laughs> yeah. And I'm honestly surprised that we didn't hear about a bunch of people getting arrested at least. Or yeah. Like, even like trying to like do a real shit, raid. But, yeah. But I mean, I think people are smarter than that for the most part. Like, and they realize that you hope shit, so, if we man. try anything, like they're going to, they're going to arrest us or yeah. worse, you know? So, yeah. But like last or the week before we talked about alien stock was supposed to go down and the founder of this whole, you know, joke and everything was yeah. organizing it, but then canceled. Mm -hmm. They went ahead and did it anyway. <laughs> not, not led by this guy. Just like, whoever else was yeah. there did it and apparently it's just like the lamest shit ever like yeah it was just a bunch of people with like, like unorganized pop-up alien merch shops and just selling shit like wow just a reason to get together and sell i mean i think people were just wanting to stuff. be like i went there especially if something did go down that day it would be interesting to have been there but yeah yeah no it was interesting <laughs> yeah, that was very entertaining that was the best meme of 2019 i think yeah it's really funny because like just with everything going on and like this next story we're talking about with UFOs and, mm -hmm. you know, the government finally coming out and saying, hey, you know, yeah. UFOs are real. Yep. And so I think there's this new just interest in aliens and UFOs again. Totally. Because of the government, you know, with these videos that have been released. Um, I think there's a general interest in aliens now from the younger demographic for sure. Totally. And, I, and I think students and. And yeah. I think what I've realized too is like our generation does not want there to be secrets. Like 
No. We do not want secrets. We want full transparency yeah. in our government, in the military. And Age like, of Aquarius, baby. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we're all like. We want the truth. We want the, the real tea Give here. We don't want truth. the, you know, the fake version that they sell us on the news. So mm. people are wanting to know what's hidden in Area 51, but I doubt we'll ever know. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it's anything that good anymore. Yeah. I bet there's somewhere else way better that we don't even know about. There. Yeah, I'm sure that there's no aliens there. There's craft there for sure. There was actually a uh, interesting Google image that somebody posted, you know, cause there's a lot of like web sleuths that go on Google maps and they actually found, or Google earth. They saw like a flying saucer kind of hanging halfway outside of a hangar in area 51 actually. Oh wow. Kind of interesting because yeah, that, that leads us to this next story that broke this week. And that's that the, for the first time the U S Navy officially has acknowledged that the video footage of these three UFO uh, different incidents that have occurred over the years um, that were released by Tom DeLong and his his mm-hmm. company are in fact legit. I'm just confused because I don't understand why this was playing on mainstream media as if it was real government news. I mean, this was on like CNN. Well, that's the, playing on all the late night yeah, shows. Yeah. There's so a, they're just now being like, oh, yeah, that's real. Like we all fucking knew. No, I know it's it's actually this whole thing going on that I don't fully understand. But essentially, these clips were given to. So, let me provide a little bit of backstory in case you're new to this whole thing. So right. you under, you have to kind of know the behind the scenes About Tom understand. and stuff. Yeah. So Tom has a company. Tom DeLong. Blink One Eighty Two guy, famous. Angels and airwaves. In my yed, in my yed. <laughs> Hey, Tom, I love Tom. Oh I do my too. Gosh. I do too. His I voice have been is obsessed legendary. with him for so long. Such a, well, I mean, and just Blink-182 is such a good band too. But I was just obsessed with just him for oh. a long time. Oh, okay. He was like my high school crush for a while. And I just and you Tom. like his music too. Oh, you? of course. Yeah. But I love him. Yeah. And I like him even more now that he's into aliens. But anyway. So, so yeah. So Tom, he's been into UFOs pretty much his whole life. And it's been something he's been passionate about. And he actually got kind of approached by this group of ex-military intelligence officials, scientists, things like that, Mm -hmm. to come together and form this private company called To The Stars Uh that is going to do private research on UFOs, essentially, and all this technology associated with them. And so... As well as media, too. Like produce movies and stuff to release to the public to help spread the you know, the word about UFOs kind of in a low key way. Yeah. Kind of like bring everybody's awareness slowly mm-hmm. into this realization that we're not alone and projects similar to star Wars, right. things like that. He said, and I mean, whenever he's talked it. about it, don't you think he's alluded that these UFOs are most likely extraterrestrial, you know, origins to them. Like they're being, these oh, are, Oh yeah. He says aliens. they are. Yeah. Right. Oh, 100%. Tom says they are. Yeah. I mean, I thought everyone really, what else do people think that this is? I mean, some people think that it's, you know, it could be anything. I mean, it could be its own organism in itself. That's really interesting that the government came out and specifically said this. They knew it would start well, media and stuff and it did. Totally. It made all the late night shows again. Yeah. Well, cause they're kind of prepping us if you think about it. But the thing about this though, is that officials are now saying that these videos were never declassified or somebody from uh, the intelligence department was like, these were never declassified. So they were never meant to be shared. Right. And yet Tom's company shared them anyway. Mm -hmm. 
which they had access to them, but they, I guess the military didn't expect them to actually like release it as so they say. So there's this whole controversy, right? It's just yeah, it's like, like, well, why would you give out such, are they wanting us to yeah. know this or not? And are they playing a game with us here? Like what's the deal? Cause why would they give them such top secret video files? If they weren't sure well, they've they been could leaked. possibly, you know, so put them out. yeah. So digging into this more, like one of the UFO clips is got leaked after it happened. Like it was on Facebook at one point. Oh, from the wow. actual pilots that actually do this so there's three videos and um, i'll link them below if you want to watch them or if you're watching on youtube we'll overlay them because um, they're kind of interesting if you haven't seen them yet but you know they're actual footage from fighter planes flying around the sky chasing these things essentially um, these craft that are moving in crazy different uh, with you know moving at the speeds where thousands of g's are being pulled and no human could possibly survive being in these craft that are flying around right it's just baffling to see because it's like we don't have this technology so what the hell is this well even if we do somehow have this secret technology we don't understand how it could be operated by a human even if we did have that right you know well that's the thing is it's not humanly possible to move in a spacecraft with the physics that we know right i mean pulling thousands of g's space Right. Remember like the clip we showed the fighter pilots when they pull like yep. 10 G's or something. You're how at crazy our live show. We got to just. I know. I wish we could have posted that yeah, for guys, you guys. We're so bummed out about that. We won't go into details, but we're not able to post the, the live show that we did in Texas. Yeah. And it's really annoying, it but is. it was a good show. Maybe we'll just do that show live sometime. Yeah, I know. We should just redo it. I yeah. love that one. That, that was, was a good so show. Yeah. yeah. We had a lot of good clips. It was interesting. That Let go- us know if you guys want to see it. Yeah, we went into pretty good depth with uh, UFOs and stuff, if you're interested in that kind of thing. but It'll have to be after October, though, because we're about to go into spooky month, people. Yeah. Getting into spooky topics next week. Oh, yeah. No, we've got some really good stuff planned. Anyway, back to the aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are all over the place. It's all right. So, to sum it all up, the government has officially acknowledged that UFOs are real. And essentially now, the angle that they're taking it is like, we got to figure out what this is because it's a huge problem that there's these unidentified craft everywhere reported in the thousands every year Mm -hmm. um, with similar characteristics, just flying around in in our airspace and potentially, you know, interfering with military operations and things like that. So that poses a threat, right? Yeah. It's a little stressful. So, you know, then it becomes this whole debate on whether or not like our UFOs good or bad or what are they is are they they aliens are they secret government technology are they what is it what's going on there because we don't know so yeah it's interesting i don't know it's just interesting to see i feel like in the don't you think in the last year or two like ufos and aliens have really started to come to the public it feels like there really has been a shift in the way that we see mainstream media and government handling ufo news and related things and taking it seriously for the most part yeah yep it'll be interesting to see how different it is in like five years yeah or to see how much more we know right because i mean if if tom and his company are really studying that then maybe they'll figure some shit out all right so we have good climate change news this week (laughs) we do we do for a change we have some good news people so there's a new algae-based bioreactor which can swallow carbon dioxide 400 times faster than trees. Holy shit. Technology is coming to the rescue, guys. So that's a good thing. There is a company in Austin, Texas, actually, 
called Hypergiant Industries, which has created this EOS bioreactor, which uses algae and artificial intelligence to suck carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. And according to these developers, they're saying that these 63 cubic foot boxes is capable of taking in as much carbon as 400 trees. Wow. So, so it's these really cool, they almost look That's like. That's amazing. They look like a tanning bed. Yeah. It's like almost like a tanning spa or like a, um, almost like a, like the size of a photo booth is kind of how I like the thing. It might yeah. be a little bit bigger than that actually. Wow. But, that is so cool. But these things, they're using algae, and the algae actually like purifies yes, and it does. pulls the carbon dioxide out. It's really cool. How interesting. So I wonder if they can put a bunch around and then really make a difference. Well, that's what they're going to do and start putting it in all these buildings and, and See, this cities is our and best things like hope that. Is totally. smart people creating solutions to fix our mistakes. Yep, yep. And that's exactly what's happening. So the company CEO, Ben Lamb, he said, quote unquote, we believe one of the biggest human challenges of our time is the current crisis with global warming. As such, we set out to figure out if trees were really the best solution or if there were other effective alternatives. And it turns out that algae is actually more effective than trees at reducing carbon in the atmosphere and can be used to create carbon negative fuels, plastics, textiles, food fertilizer, and much more. Wow, that's really cool. Yep. I love seeing this type of stuff. So not only, I mean, not only is it the technology um, but also that artificial intelligence is a huge piece of this because it's going to be able to essentially, mm-hmm. you know, control algae and, and control this process without any sort of human interaction with it, which is really cool. That's fascinating. So, yeah, they're going to wow. try to the future, build guys. these into homes like all of us could have one of these reactors in our homes, like every single building across the world could have Imagine. one of these reactors it that pulls, it. pulls all of our carbon footprint and the algae cleans it up. I wonder how many we would need on the planet to like clean up the planet though. Well, I mean, if there's a way to create a different, bigger, a giant yeah, version. I mean, I, I'm sure you can grow algae and all sizes, you know, like, I don't think it'd be limited to just a small amount. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think theoretically their plan is to have this potentially everywhere, you know, think about factories um, if they could attach some type of algae device to your car, yeah. if we were still wow. running on fossil fuel cars that like Absorb a filter, like yeah. I still haven't figured out like why don't exhaust vehicles have some sort of like carbon filter to them. They really should. It doesn't make any sense. Like I know the, the they've like improved engines and things like that to decrease the amount of yeah. exhaust. But why isn't there like some cool like techie gadget that can, you know, make it the exhaust from your car not so bad? An algae sucker that you attach yeah. to your car. And these things look cool. They look yeah, they badass. Really do. They're like very like <laughs> it's very cool. Space agey. Yeah. yeah. Like very Whoever made this. Oh, this guy Ben Lehman. Ben or Ben Lamb. Sorry. Yeah, Lehman. <laughs> yeah. Ben Lamb. Yeah, he looks like a young, innovative dude. But what a great way to, you know, yeah. Try to solve some problems here. Yeah. Good for him. It's cool to see. Yeah. So hopefully we start seeing these things everywhere soon i think this company is going to end up being really big too Hypergiant is going to be big so if you're well, they'll probably branch out to, to other in. ways that they can use algae for so many other things totally you know? interesting but just the potential to have this in like every home is crazy across harness America. the power of the earth make it yeah you know pair it with technology and bam that's, that's really what I'm cool saying. i think don't you ever feel like like all of the answers to our problems all lie within the earth like 
wouldn't the I earth have has thought about all that. of it has all the knowledge i think it if life is somewhat of a game or planned in any way or there's like you know destiny i always think about how just interesting it would be if every single thing had a solution on this planet like there really is we just haven't discovered it but there really is well there is that's the thing about it is if i don't think there's any impossible scenario right there's not any question that doesn't have an answer how could there be a question with no answer it comes back to positive and negative energy if you think about it. everything comes back to like plus or minus you know yeah electrons and neutrons and it comes back to the atomic level and i think that it goes the same for everything in life like so things can't exist with there can't be a question without an answer a question cannot exist without an answer also existing we just may not have found it yet right it's just undiscovered or unknown or we don't have the potential to even conceive or know it if we found it yeah or we just haven't found it yet well maybe we'll all be getting these algae bioreactors in our home soon that's what i hope yeah that would be really cool and hopefully they're not expensive i mean how much could algae be? be though but well, it's, it's always any type of new technology is always so overpriced yeah. at first. And I feel like they're going to kind of market it like Tesla and stuff and make it yeah. like really expensive. But if they really want to impact the planet, they're going to have to make this affordable for the right. everyday person. Yeah, that's true. Because it should be everywhere. Yeah. So. It should be in schools and stuff too. Yeah. Well, I think that's what they're trying to do. And and like mm-hmm. imagine if they went into China and just put these everywhere. Yeah. And even into Denver, like the yeah. smog and stuff in the air, if they could cle- clean all that out. Can you imagine like how much nicer how many of you are seeing that when you look outside at your view or you know down even in the city where you live if you live close to a city because we can straight up just see this smog over denver and it's like it's scary yeah it 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 literally clears the or uh cloudies the view like and it's not natural it's like brown it looks like a brown cloud hanging over the city sometimes yeah it does and it's because all this pollution's trapped, and maybe it's because we're higher up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let us know. Yeah, but let's go ahead and jump into uh, our ponder sesh here today. Uh, but before we do, we'd like to thank our first sponsors for today. All right. So the first topic I have is a tomb complex known as Nugrange in Ireland. Nugrange. Nugrange is how you pronounce it. And this thing deserves to be the eighth wonder of the, of the ancient world because this thing is crazy looking. It's this giant hemispherical tomb that's located wow. north of Dublin. It's it's really cool. And really this pretty. thing is old, man. It is extremely old. It was built 5,200 years ago during the Neolithic Damn. period. So that's it's been around really a long old. time. And look at how good it looks. I mean. Yeah, very pristine. And it's just, alter, it's like alternating layers of rock um, and essentially dirt put together and they created like this mound essentially um it almost looks like a flying disc like a ufo disc oh it kind of does kinda interesting. like from an aerial view it, it's very uh flying saucer ish looking yeah because it comes up to a point it's kind of like an arch on the top mm-hmm. what's really cool about this thing though is that it's actually 600 years older than the egypt's giza pyramids and a thousand years older than Stonehenge. Wow. So if you think about that for a moment. Yeah, that's old. <laughs> this is like going back to damn Neolithic times. I mean, we're talking like early, very primitive um, days back then. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they built this thing 
um, is truly incredible. And this thing is like, it's all like built out of stone and they actually carved different types of circles, spirals, and radials across all of the stones around. It's really cool. It's got this very really like, about this in mystical vibe to it. No, I know. Because if it's just a tomb, there's no other significance to it. You know, that's at least what teachers would say. They'd be like, yeah. we, we don't have time to cover this because there's not, there's not as significant as, say, the, the ancient pyramids, you know. Right. But for all we know, this could have been extremely important. I mean, this thing is enormous. Yeah. Well, they don't cover it because it's not in their curriculum. Yeah. Which is said by like the government pretty much. So pretty much. So inside, yeah. And, and inside there's like all these different etchings and symbols that um, people believe relate to the sun, moon and stars. And what's interesting is that every year when the sun rises on the winter solstice, the shortest day <laughs> and the wow. longest night of the year, sunlight shines through a precisely placed opening wow. in the stone walls, illuminating the long hall of the tomb. So tell me that is not on purpose. There's no way Hell that this yeah. accidentally That's happened for on purpose. the Stonehenge and this. That makes no sense. And a thousand years prior. Yeah. So if you thought like Stonehenge was some type of like, you know, ancient uh, type of, you know, astronomical setup there. You think about this, you're like, wow, how the hell did these Neolithic people know when, you know, winter solstice was and knew you know where the sun would be so that it would shine light through this one opening to illuminate the tomb there must have been some type of knowledge about it yeah and a greater significance to this place right you know like your average person might just be like well it's just a tomb they just built it to put people in but if you think about it why would they go through all this trouble to build such a very yeah um you know exact monument like this it's the same thing with the pyramids. It's like, yeah, they kept bodies in there. It clearly was a tomb. But that is that all that they were meant for? Was there another purpose for these buildings? Right, right. Is there a spiritual aspect to these buildings? So more this than one, just a random tomb? Yeah. Well, a lot of people, a lot of healers and empaths say that New Grange has this sort of etheric quality to it with remnants of energetic bodies no longer living in this physical reality. So they believe that the site is some sort of reservoir of healing energy for all walks of life. Wow. So you can, can like definitely feel like definitely feel some energy there. I'm sure. Um, and it looks very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Ireland. Yeah. Is Ireland. it anywhere you can get to easily as a tourist or is yeah. it like the middle? It's of just north of Dublin. Oh yeah. North of Dublin. Dublin's okay. like the uh, big city out the there. Capital, so. Right. I believe. Uh, it's either Dublin or Belfast. I think I can't remember which one it is. I think it's Dublin though. But this thing, um, they've done some excavations there at this site, and they've found remnants of burned human bones, indicating that at least a few human beings were first cremated and then buried there. Or cremated or sacrificed. That's what I'm saying. It's like could be sacrificed there. Crazy man. But the last kind of bit to this is that this area is actually known by the locals to uh, be kind of a hotspot for crop circles, actually, and unusual flying objects in the sky oh well damn which also makes you wonder yeah (laughs) it makes you think like whoa there's a lot going on in the uk in general and crop circles there yeah there's something interesting about all the like why isn't there crop circles here i know that is strange why is it usually like in the uk only we definitely have fields check out kansas 
And I mean, we've I definitely mean, we, had we crop circles them, here, but not, not the in the extent. same. Not to I the feel like, beautiful, extreme patterns that they have had over there. And just the volume and consistency, like every year, because you can go on tours there. Like we tried to go on a tour there. Yeah, just rain. a crop circle tour. And well, and there wasn't any crop circles when we tried right. to go either. Yeah. But there usually is. That's what's so interesting about it. And in these areas of open fields, it's kind of weird. Like there's, but what I think too is like, a lot of people just equate it to, oh, it's just probably some people, you know, doing some trying to fuck with people essentially. But to me, I'm like, these areas are ancient. Yeah. I mean, these areas are. There's been activity in them for there a has long been, oh, time. Yeah. yeah. You know, whether it's mm-hmm. paranormal activity or human activity. <laughs> yeah. Human activity just spanning thousands of years. There's a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's also probably a lot of of artifacts and things like that still hidden under the surface and you know we're just kind of scratching the surface right now but it's really crazy man new grunge tomb complex check it out i want to go there yeah it looks really beautiful i mean we got to get out to ireland one day it looks so green i know we have a ton of irish viewers too let us know if you're from ireland (laughs) represent i'd love to go to Ireland. hey we guessed the capital right points for us dublin We've definitely gotten some things wrong like that before. (laughs) Okay. So what do you got? So today I'm going to be telling you about this Russian lab that has samples of smallpox and Ebola. Jesus. Yes. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about the fact that there are still samples of deadly diseases you that know, could wipe us yeah. all out. Yeah. And that the government still have them. And it's like the Russian government and the American government. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's like they're always in so many weird things. I feel like there's always this like secret bond between us two. That's like kind of. Well, we're like the. Like we both know each other's evil shit that we do. Yeah. Well, we've been superpowers for a long time, like throughout history. Right. But I feel like we're both kind of work together in an evil way. Yeah. For being such sworn enemies. It's like we have yes. a lot of similarities sometimes well this time the similarity is that this lab in russia and an american lab are the only two places that actually still have smallpox this specific research center is called russia's state research center of virology in the city of kultsvolv <laughs> i can never pronounce anything russian kultsovo kultsovo yeah kultsovo in siberia and it has the largest collection of dangerous viruses more than anywhere in the world. So that's pretty interesting. Imagine working in there. I feel like I'd be scared. Seriously. Yeah. So during the Cold War, the lab actually developed biological weapons and defenses against them. Well, yeah, because I think there was this threat of potentially biological warfare. Yep. Like, like if you think about it, though, like nuclear warfare is scary, but at the same time, I'm like biological warfare is almost scarier Yes. to think about. Well, I mean, pick your poison. They're both horrible. No, but... I know they're both horrible, but I'm just saying that like yeah. the idea of getting Small dying pox. from some type of disease or something that's been spread is yeah. or like from a global pandemic of some type of virus or something that's scary. Yeah. So this place has a bunch of different scary things such as smallpox anthrax and ebola they have a bunch of different types of viruses and so a lot of people were concerned when they had an explosion through on their facility on monday shit yeah (laughs) so this was last monday um the laboratory was undergoing repairs when a gas bottle exploded sparking a 30 square meter fire that left one worker severely burned jesus yeah 
Glass throughout the building was reportedly destroyed in the blast, and the fire reportedly spread through the building's ventilation system. Wow, this could have been Crazy. really bad. Yeah, like can you imagine? Really bad. Like, yeah, I can if imagine. If Ebola, <laughs> anthrax, and smallpox all got like, yep, you know, put yeah. out there for people to get, that's crazy. This, and they, you know, smallpox has been eradicated from the wild since 1977, so it's been on lock since then. Imagine if that were to get out. That was like the last wild known case of it that they found, and that was the Why last. Why would we want to keep around strains of these viruses? Like, I get researching them but isn't the point I think to it's eradicate to, them to in case we need to make a vaccine if we like somehow yeah. lose the vaccine you need the original or something but i'm sure there's creepier reasons behind why they keep them um but yeah the only other one is in the united states other than the other sample that is here in russia in this lab that had this crazy explosion and experts say that under certain circumstances an explosion could lead to a release of deadly pathogens so of course the Russian public officials have said, like, no need to worry. There is no threat to the general population. And, you know, that they have Just like they extremely with- strict storage procedures for these types of diseases, deadly pathogens. Which they said about Chernobyl just... By the yeah, way, like, exactly. I look mean, what happened with that. I think we certainly have some reason to question, you know, how they store these things. And could something bad like this happen and actually go wrong? Because... I'm sure this wasn't an, a walk in the park for them either. I'm sure some people were shitting their pants over this. Oh, yeah. It probably could have oh, gone yeah. really bad really fast. And then they really tried to be like, no, guys, it's fine. And right. we have everything under control and we always do. But this is scary stuff. So I don't know. What do you guys think about this? I think it's scary. And I think it's possible that another global pandemic could break out. I can't remember what the article was I was reading, but there's a. Uh, there's like a good chance there could be another global. I think it's even like Bill Gates or somebody, somebody random like that. That's talking about how another like global pandemic is very likely like it's global the, health pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Bill Gates that was uh, the one commenting about it or said something about it in the past. Cause yeah, it yeah, was, it was. Yeah. I think warns that the next pandemic disease is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Global pandemic. I mean, He's probably right. He's Bill Gates. He's pretty smart. Well, and he does a ton of work like with this yeah. kind of stuff in other countries and stuff with vaccinating and things. That's like terrifying. That. It is. That's why vaccinations are so important. You know, as much controversy as there is over them, and there's plenty of things to question with diseases for sure, but they're they are important. Yeah, I mean, when they pr- I mean, are proven the vaccines, to work, then obviously right. it's a good thing to do. I mean, but at the same time, there's so many. There's there's a lot of controversy over obvious sorry. But do we really know the truth about anything at this point? Like good I know, God. I know. You know, it's like we But you, I feel like it is good to question what's in our vaccines. I think just because you're pro vaccine doesn't mean you shouldn't question what's in vaccines. Oh yeah, like, well we shouldn't yeah, if they <laughs> just that you wouldn't you want to question what's in your medications and stuff, right? Totally. I mean you're putting shit into your body. You better be checking to see what it is and make sure yeah. that it's actually doing what it's intended to do. Right, to protect you from stuff like this. And know the long-term effects. You don't so. want to get like smallpox or any of these crazy things. Imagine getting like, oh my Well, even gosh. just like 50 to 100 years ago when people get polio and shit, like yeah. that was scary. Like, or like black fever. Kids, and to have kids plague. in a world like that where there was no vaccines. like Yeah, you just had to watch your kid die. It happened over a couple days. Fuck, man, that's so crazy. Scary. Yeah, it's wild, man. So, yeah. 
Hopefully they don't have any more fires over there. It's really scary yeah. to think. That, that their lab just exploded. I know. Like, you would think that they'd be like, you know, bomb proof somehow. Or like seriously. <laughs> explode proof. But yeah. It's interesting that we even heard about that at all. I'm surprised that even like got reported somewhere, you know? I know. Like I feel like if that happened at the CDC well, it was or something, Vox. it would... Was it? I had yeah. to, you know, find it. It wasn't on mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> nope. No one probably really heard of that last week. That's such a major thing. And think of all the other dumb crap that they oh, talked about on the oh, mainstream this week. But not so this. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not this. Uh, who gives a fuck, right? Smallpox. <laughs> who cares? We shouldn't be worried about that. <laughs> It'll only just wipe out all of human civilization. You know what else could wipe out human civilization? What's that? The singularity. And I see that that is your next topic. What about it? I want to hear something new. Well, first I have to tell you what this singularity is in case you don't know what it is. Or never heard that term, which a lot of people surprisingly have never heard the term the singularity. I hope most of our followers know what the singularity is. No, surprisingly, is. I don't think so. Really? No. Okay. We well, did an episode on it a long it time ago. But there's some new predictions here that will probably scare you a little bit. But essentially what the singularity is, is it's... Uh, a singularity is at any point where there's like a major uh, advancement in technology. So there's a point at which technology becomes so advanced that essentially we're able to take that technology and create this superhuman artificial intelligence. Like we will be able to merge with technology. It'll be just as smart as us, if not way more advanced than us. Mm -hmm. um, and we're very on. close to that point in history. Um, this has been something that's been written about by both a science fiction writer, Werner uh, Vinge, in who wrote about it in 1993. Um, but the other major uh, proponent of the singularity is somebody by the name Ray Kurzweil. He's an ex-Google engineer, really smart dude. Um, but he wrote a book actually called The Singularity is Near, um, where he essentially talks about you know technological progress and how that by the year 2045 we will experience the greatest technological singularity in the history of mankind, which at this point, this kind of change could overturn the institutes and pillars of society and completely change the way we view ourselves as human beings. So I mean, it's, we definitely are probably going to look at ourselves differently if we have the aid of tons of technology. Yeah. You know, or we may not need so many different things. Well, and, and, and a human technology. Right. That is no different from a human being. Mm -hmm. So we're talking like Siri, but like Siri a billion times better and Siri smarter than Siri just literally she is. becomes your friend Jack you can that sits in the corner yeah, and literally. lives in your house. You can talk to her about anything and she'll respond and be able to provide That's you with insight trip. and details about things. Remember how weird it was when they first had to start calling it Siri? I was so confused. I was like, what? You wanted me to call the software Siri? The microphone is Siri? And then it was like Alexa. And it's like, I feel like that's the first wave of accepting robots. Oh, totally. You know, totally. Well, they're gearing us up for it. They're getting us used to having these virtual assistants with us. Yeah. But the future holds far more than where we're at right now. Cause like the, the, where it's headed is to the point where literally our computers or our phones and whatever other devices are around in 10 to 20 years are going to be smarter than we are. And they will be able to figure out shit that we can't figure out, which is good in a lot of ways, but it's also scary as hell in other ways when you think yeah, about it. Yeah, because we don't want to be outsmarted. Right. 
And yeah, (laughs) once we're outsmarted, then what? You know, we may be their masters and their creators, but. But that's terrifying. But then they could get so smart that they're able to create themselves, you know, like they're able to better themselves, create better versions of themselves. And that's where we really fall behind. So Ray Kurzweil, this computer scientist, believes that um, by 2045 is when this singularity will occur. And he's made a lot of predictions just about the future and technology in the past. And out of all his predictions over the years, 86% uh, were correct. So he's got an 86% accuracy, which is really good. Yeah. And I mean, he's going all the way back to the 90s. That's like better than Nostradamus. (laughs) Seriously. Pretty sure he's like 50% something. Oh, yeah. Noah, that's crazy. His was that low? Damn. Yeah. (laughs) But his was more broad, too. He was broad, you know. Yeah. For a lot larger. A lot of psychics and like prophets and stuff have an insanely low rate. It's like 50, 50, 50 pretty much for a lot of them. But I feel like it's easier with technology, especially if you fully understand it and understand where. Well, you're making more calculated predictions versus just making stuff up. So he made some predictions that are are very interesting, uh, to say the least. So we're talking around the 2030s, which if you think about it, it's 2019. So 11 years from now right? Yeah. 11 years from now, we will be in the 2030s. And this is what he's saying uh, could happen at this point. So he says that advanced artificial intelligence will lead to a political and social movement for robots, lobbying for recognition and certain civil rights in the 2030s. That's robots will literally be trying to become a part of our society, be a part of our daily lives. Like what they want to vote. Yeah, want to be involved in in different systems that we have set up, and I don't even believe that. You see, a lot I, of people I don't. don't know. A lot of people are that skeptical seems like about that. By the thirties, look the 30s. at look at Sophia. <laughs> it's gonna dude. be weird to go through. Like, look at the Sophia. 30s. If there's a million Sophias running around, you know what a I'm talking about. A lot of people about, don't right? know what Sophia is. Explain what Sophia is. Sophia is a super intelligent artificial uh, AI robot that is a humanoid, essentially. Yeah. And you can have full on conversations with her. She can think for herself. She's a citizen, actually. Um, she wants to have a baby. And she, yeah, she's able to already think about, she's already there, like intelligence wise. Yeah. Where she's probably as intelligent as we are or close to it. I don't know. That's just like, that seems really fast. I know. But if you understand the, the behind the scenes, the coding, the brain of it, I think it's easier to wrap your head around the intelligence aspect. But I don't know if like society is going to ex- uh, accept that as fast as the technology will be available. Oh, we will because it'll be catered to us in a way that creates convenience and creates it's it's not going to be in this like threatening way necessarily. It's going to be yeah. integrating it like how they're integrating I can see that in our like lives now. 2040, but 2030 seems like a little soon. Mm-hmm. 10 years. All right. But you got to think that I like technology better than me. <laughs> technology is literally, you know, getting better like a hundred yeah. times over every year. Yeah. So if you figure at that rate, it's going to get crazier and crazier, you know, especially with AI, like AI that we have right now is going to enable us to get to that point. So he goes on to predict that a thousand dollar personal computer is a thousand times more powerful than the human brain. That's crazy. Thousand wow. dollar laptop is more powerful than your brain. Honestly, I believe it though. My laptop is so much smarter than me, to be real. Like, I wouldn't, 
expect to be smarter than my computer. (laughs) (laughs) My computer knows a lot. Oh, yeah. And it's able to process data faster than you. Yeah. Well, think about the access that it has. Unless we're disconnected to Wi-Fi, then it's not so smart. If it doesn't have a database to pull from, yeah, like the internet is shut down or something. Exactly. How smart are you without your Wi-Fi, bitch? (laughs) Seriously. What do you think about this, though? Eyeglasses and headphones that are used to deliver virtual reality are now obsolete thanks to computer implants that go into the eyes and ears. That just freaks me out because I just don't want my kids to have that That's where it's going, dude. We're going to have implants. How are we going to take things from them, Josh? There's going to be ways like, to do it. All right, it. kids, pop your microchips out. Take your eyeballs out. <laughs> you might out. be able to. I don't want you to watch shows in your head anymore. Like, what? <laughs> We're, there's going to be a whole... There better be an off switch for this shit. There will be. There'll be an augmented reality <laughs> on top of this one. But if you can, like, pull the plug for the whole house and, like, everyone's chips start well, working. Well, think about having... Think about this, though. Think about, like, we could be laying in bed at night and our kids are off wherever they are and we're able to literally see what they see. See, like that's we're able just to weird. I wouldn't have wanted doing. my parents to see what the fuck I was doing as a kid. That's you the know? thing, though. We're losing our privacy. Exactly. With I the hate technology, we get the convenience. I and... know, but I don't want any more convenience. Life is already just as convenient <laughs> as I need it to be. Can we just stop here? I'd be it's fine not, with that. It's not going to. What if we just stopped and the iPhone was just stopped? At it's wherever it's at and max and every just no more stop changing the ports <laughs> stop fucking everything up how am i going to get used to a robot Can you're going to get used to, it. to having my phone on i don't even have the face recognition thing that's yet. Be, but that's because we have like some bullshit version of the good stuff that's out there like if we had it if we had ibm watson at our fingertips do you know how nice that would be i was using a palm centro like t- not even 10 years ago i know well doesn't that show you how fast it's going yeah in 10 years you went from using a little fucking palm centro to now a full blown 15 years ago i was using like a razor this is this is just as powerful as your macbook computer is i know and it's in your fucking hand <laughs> it's honestly that's so where impressive. it's at that's where it's at right now so how much smaller are they going to make this it's I not going to be an the external thing. Person going and getting an implant, though. Like, yes, there will be a lot of people that do that, but you're just wrong if you think everyone's going to do this. They're like, not. It's not, just not no. Happen. A lot of people won't do it at first, but no. what they're going to do is I'm over time make it extremely difficult for you to do anything in life without without the. Sorry, my metal implant. straw keeps slamming against my metal cup. It's hard to be eco friendly. <laughs> Josh keeps getting pissed. All right. So to really freak you out, what if we had the ability to alter our physical bodies to a point where we could literally become anything? Like you could become any sort of physical item or... I hate all of this. I literally (laughs) hate this. This is not how life is supposed to be. I know there's people out there that agree with me that this stuff freaks them out and it feels like we're going against human nature. I don't want to. You shouldn't be able to just transform. What are we transformers now? What is even reality? We could. To what? Like what? So if I want to become a fucking piece of toast with some butter, I can do that? (laughs) Like what? This makes no sense. No, you can. You absolutely can. But it's all relying on the fact. So... Part of it, so this last prediction is by 2099, so pretty far in the advance in the future. What we'll be able to do is 
take our brain and con- we'll have reverse engineered the brain. We'll completely understand how it works. We'll know where consciousness is. We'll understand. We have to understand consciousness for the toast thing to work. All right. You got to know because what we got to do is we got to take your consciousness from this body, transfer it to some type of computer hardware. Why? And then transfer it to a but piece of toast. But why is that needed? <laughs> and then you can be a piece of toast. <laughs> Seriously, though, you can do that. Oh my God. Or it could be some artificial robot this piece world of toast. freaks me out. I don't it's know. Craziness. This just feels like it's not supposed to be like this. I don't know, man. It, I, I'm on the fence with it because I feel that the earth is not going to let us get to this point. And, you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. But I don't know. I feel like. Oh, you think the earth will be destroyed before we even get to this? Well, I think something will happen that will reverse a lot of this advancement that we have potentially set us back. Yeah. As much as I like to think everything's going to go smooth sailing into the, into the 2100s and beyond. I just don't know. I mean, it could go any which way. Cause like the earth could be like, ah, yeah, you guys are trying to get super advanced on us. Well, fuck you. We're going to wipe you out or something. Make you go back to your roots there. (laughs) Yeah. Back to basics. Farming. Yeah. Back to the good old (laughs) days. So I don't Uh, know. It's it's a crazy concept. The similarity. It is. So what do you got next? All right. So this is just a weird phenomenon. It's probably just science. It's kind of interesting. But I thought, you know, knowing us, we could come up with something weirder that could explain this. Um, But there, throughout time, there have been these weird sightings of something called ball lighting. And it's happened for centuries, literally dates back to antiquity. Like this has been documented by tons of people. It's normally the size of a grapefruit. And it lasts up to about 20 seconds, but sometimes it can last up to a few minutes in rare huh. cases. Like it literally moves around. Five, and it's literally like a ball of light that emits lightning from it. It literally looks like a ball of light. Huh. Exactly. That yeah, emits lightning from it. Exactly <laughs> what you just said. But it's the size of a grapefruit and it just kind of buzzes around. It's Whoa. really weird. There's video of it. I'll show you. I have That's a clip for craziness. us to watch. But you can see it outside, but it can also come inside your house. Like there's a lot of cases of people who see it outside and then it travels in through their window or their door if it's open and then goes around in the inside of their house. So it's almost like a light orb or something that's Mm -hmm. like shooting lightning out of it. Right. So that's craziness. It's actually pretty common. There's a good chance a lot of you have seen it. Actually, 5% of you should have seen it because 5% of people apparently have seen it. Yeah, I'm wondering if any of you have seen this because I've definitely not seen anything like this. This is crazy. I have definitely not seen it either. But um, it can also travel from out outdoor to indoor, indoor to outdoor. And one thing that is really interesting is that it was often reported during World War II by pilots inside of the planes. Huh. Even in submarines. In submarines? Submarines. Way underwater Whoa, there's the? reports of that. And I thought it was really interesting that they were seeing that during, you know, World War II. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you think about, like, what is it? Yeah. What are the possibilities for this thing? I mean, could it be it something? Could be something paranormal. It could be something scientific. Could be a fucking alien people, being for all we know. That's what like, I'm saying. I mean, you know, in history, we have or, a couple examples where there may have been aliens trying to interfere with us during moments of intense military time. Yeah. Is it possible they were like checking us out? What if it's like a orb kind of like or a spirit? Yeah, even yeah, yeah. Could that be people are like seeing. That. Um, That's craziness. Though. Yeah, it's really weird. It goes into planes. 
when it's hit by lightning. Sometimes Dude, it can know. literally go into planes. I was watching an episode of Joe Rogan and he had some guest on, I can't remember her name, but she was talking about how she was on a plane and it got struck by lightning while she was on it with her, she wow. was with her son. And then all of a sudden a ball of pink ball lightning went flying through the entire aisle, just zipped down the aisle wow. and out the back of the plane. <laughs> That's crazy. So crazy. So yeah, there's no explanation of how it, you know, fully occurs that has been fully accepted by science. Wow, that's really crazy. It looks insane. Yeah, so let's watch this video of it. TV6's Dustin Bonk met with a family today who had a close encounter with a rare phenomenon called ball lightning, which entered their home. The event happened about 30 years ago, but the Vashon family says they'll never forget it. White, bluish ball come floating out of that room. Joe Vashon of Gwyn came up close and personal with ball lightning. He and his wife Rose were entertaining friends on a hot August day in 1980. Joe was making a drink when he turned around. I could see a light white blue ball just and there it was you're speechless when it happens you, you you don't experience anything except what's going in your eyes i was just staring I, I was in awe the ball entered the room from the hallway floated about a foot off the ground and touched the tv disabling it the whole event took about 15 seconds when the ball came into contact with the tv it imploded with a deafening bang and it shook the house it was just a very loud bang and Poof, it was gone, and everybody's kind of just standing there staring at each other, looking. They describe it as about the size of a soccer ball floating silently in the air. Joe says it was a bright blue and white and looked more like liquid. According to the American Meteorological Society, ball lightning is rare, so online footage is scarce and often low quality. The Vachans have no footage of their encounter, but Joe says he'll never forget it. If I was the only one that seen it, I probably wouldn't even talk about it. I mean, like a UFO. On that August day, there were no thunderstorms until after the ball was gone. Thankfully, no one was injured. Then it just imploded with a loud, loud bang. In Gwyn, Dustin Bond, TV6 News. That's really actually crazy. I know, it's I really interesting. I mean, the fact that it just, it's not always during a storm. No, or, or definitely it, not during a know, storm. It's not like it's just lightning hitting the ground and then no remnants of it is this ball. It's literally like an orb shows up yeah. out of nowhere floating, mm -hmm. levitating off the ground. Can travel indoor and out. And just cruises around and then eventually just kind of implodes. And then known for being seen in like cockpits in pi for pilots and stuff. So Inside weird. the planes though, oh. not just like out. They also see them in the sky. They do see this all the time. Yeah. So there's a lot of like... That's why people are like, oh, it's just natural sometimes. Right. Perfect condition is happening in the atmosphere that's creating mm -hmm. these balls of lightning. Yeah. So like I said, there's not a widely accepted, you know, theory for it, but it's it's thought not to be dangerous. It's huh. thought to be harmless inside of airplanes and submarines. Although if I saw one inside of a plane, I would probably freak out. Um, or just stare at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's clearly not like, because if it were dangerous and high voltage, then yeah, We'd have like people dying from this, from this or, ball lightning or planes going down. As far of as we know, no one's ever died from it. But they so think that weird. it could be caused by microwave radiation from thunderclouds, oxidizing aerosols, nuclear energy, dark matter, antimatter, or black holes. 
Um, it can wow. actually be like static that they're picking up from the ground. Like Joe Rogan was talking about how it might be from tectonic plates moving and causing friction. Huh. And then that gets picked up in the air. Yeah, um, I think there's it's likely something natural that is just we don't fully understand what the perfect conditions for ball lightning are yet right. or what the formula is. And it's just kind of happening. But So probably the most accepted idea seems to be that when lightning strikes during a thunderstorm, it vaporizes some of the silicon that's found in everyday soil and then releases it into the air. Basically, as the vapor condenses into bits of silicon dust, it picks up an electronic charge and clumps together into loose balls, creating ball lightning. That's crazy. And it just so happens to show up in people's houses and planes and yeah. just randomly. Yep. And the silicone molecules combine with the oxygen from the air to perform or wild, to form man. a silicone dioxide, which makes it kind of glow. That's really wild. Or it could be UFOs. I mean, who knows? It we could don't be know some type for of sure interdimensional thing happening. I mean, for all yeah. we know. I think it's interesting that it was around a lot during World War II. I yeah. found that to be really fascinating. Yeah. If there was more occurrences or just, I don't know something different about yeah. the atmosphere imagine seeing that inside like all of a sudden you'd think i would think it was like a ghost or something spirit yeah yeah An it's orb. wild that that could just happen inside that's just crazy i know so wild but this next thing is really wild so before we get into that we'd like to thank our last sponsors for today so this next topic is very very bizarre um it's something that i've heard of before but never really looked into and that is was Jesus an alien? Jesus Christ, <laughs> an alien. Well, there's actually um, a society or religion or cult or whatever you want to call it called the Aetherius Society. And they have some very interesting thoughts about this. So in 1954, there was a London cabbie named George King who received a telepathic communication from an extraterrestrial intelligence named Master Aetherius, prepare yourself. You're to become the voice of interplanetary parliament is what this Ooh. guy telepathically received. And this message was delivered from the planet Venus and was the first of hundreds of similar communications that George allegedly received over his lifetime. Some telepathically, some while in a trance. So mm. he's clearly somebody like with psychic abilities as far as we know. <laughs> as, um, far if as, he's he as far as he thinks too, right? And so he's having these experiences with this extraterrestrial. And in 1955, his experiences inspired him to found the Aetherius Society, a religious group dedicated to spreading and acting upon the teachings of advanced extraterrestrial intelligences. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. So essentially what he did was he decided to create his own religion in a sense, um, with the core beliefs that he received from these extraterrestrials or aliens that he called cosmic masters, cosmic masters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this apparently sounds like something that like L Ron Hubbard would come up with. That's immediately what I thought too. I was like, this is like another science fiction type mm -hmm. craziness here, but he just wants power. Yeah. But that's not really his thing here with the, He's not like trying to control people with this necessarily. Um, he's kind of like getting a message and, and giving it. But what he said was, is that occasionally these extraterrestrials will take human form and visit us on earth, spreading spiritual guidance across the globe. 
Examples of cosmic masters include Buddha, uh, Sri Krishna, Confucius, and Jesus. Confucius. Which is interesting. So if you think about that for a second and think back to their stories, you know, like Jesus, he came to this planet. He was born, I mean, he was born from a human. Right. But he's of otherworldly uh, yeah. origin, clearly. And then right. eventually, interesting. once huh. he sacrifices himself, raises himself from the dead, he ends up leaving the earth. So all these people were aliens. Buddha was an alien. Right. Confucius right. was an alien. All these really smart philosophical people were these cosmic masters. And they, they sort theory. of took, because if you think about it, if they were, you know, they all come from the same place ultimately and but they all have their own version of their story you know like buddhism's different from christianity as it's different from islam and different from all these other religions but a lot ultimately, of their core things are the, the core same. things overlap right yeah we've talked about that a lot there's so many similarities and the one thing that we see in all religion is the theme of good and evil though right interesting so what this guy did, George King, is in 1959, he moved to Los Angeles to found the American headquarters of this movement and determined to spread his beliefs in, quote unquote, gods from space, UFO, spiritual healing, and psychic powers. And so he created this Ethereum society or religion. Um, and he, essentially, they confirmed that aliens travel the universe in flying saucers and the Earth faces a dangerous situation because of deviation from spiritual laws and atomic experimentation interesting right so he's he's got some interesting ideas though that correlate with a lot of other people's interesting Mm -hmm. ideas especially surrounding extraterrestrials i was gonna say i feel like we've heard similar right ideas so this is back in the 50s when he's founding this religion and stuff and he's receiving these telepathic messages he says are from extraterrestrials i thought it was interesting that you know there's so much correlation there you know not all of his beliefs are like just super crazy and out there um, in fact, in an interview, he said that if you are a Christian, then live the laws as laid down by Jesus. If you are a Buddhist, live the laws laid down by Buddha. And if you're a Hindu, then be the best Hindu. This procedure is the one true way for men of earth to save themselves from the lower aspects. So he basically said that people should, you know, all religions are valid and people should stay on their own spiritual paths because like ultimately all of these religions come back from one of these cosmic masters, which are these extraterrestrials that were here once upon a time. So either way you're following them in some way. Right. Interesting. And that we're kind of been guided and protected and watched over from extraterrestrials. And one of the things that they really believe that's interesting, that kind of uh, goes with what Dr. Greer talks about. Um, if you know who he is, is this idea of connecting with extraterrestrials via meditation and spiritual healing and things like that. But there's a, yeah, that there's a spiritual aspect to extraterrestrials and there's a way to communicate with them, but it's on a different level of uh, Mm -hmm. consciousness and awareness. So that most of us just don't possess normally. So that's kind of what their church is all about. They go and they connect with these cosmic masters that, sort of head all these religions i honestly would love to learn more about this yeah it's very interesting and there's different chapters like all over have the any country of you guys ever been world. to any of the chapters of it 
so many of you guys told us that you have been to Scientology stuff or like yeah, been approached know. by someone from that. Have any of you guys have any experience with Aetherius society? The UFO religion. Hmm. Very interesting yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is very interesting. So they have like their own form of yoga and things like that. They're very much about the the kind of spiritual UFO, ufology kind of belief system, which is cool. So this next thing though is interesting. Yeah, this is crazy. So there was a unexplained huge metal mass found under the moon's surface. And what's interesting and what immediately comes to my mind when I hear metal under <laughs> right? the moon's surface is like Hollow Earth. Wait a minute. Is this an artificial moon? <laughs> is it a fucking hollow moon? Who knows? What this is, is really, really strange. Mm-hmm. So this unexplained mass of metal is buried under the crust of the moon at the South Pole. Um, it was actually a research team from Baylor University that announced this incredible discovery. It's actually a pile of metal five times larger than the big island of Hawaii. That's huge. That's really big. That's so much. I feel like there's definitely a reason that that's there. Mm-hmm. There's got to be. It's really big. Really, really fucking big. Because there's a crater that actually that 2, surrounds. 2,000 kilometers wide. That surrounds this metal, though. That's what's crazy is there's a crater that surrounds it that stretches from uh, the same distance as from L.A. to Lincoln, Nebraska. So if you think about how huge that is. Wow. And so, you know, the the more logical explanation is that this is from an asteroid that crashed into the moon, which created this crater um, and could have left behind metals because asteroids carry have metals on them like. Some of them are made of metal and things like that. Okay. But the size of that, like. That's huge. And it flattens out that much. I mean, I guess when it slams into the surface. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, that's very strange. I, has NASA put out any statement about this? I don't think so. Of course not. They never comment on the most interesting stuff. Oh, I know. <laughs> It's because they uh, don't they don't know or do they? I don't know. So it also could be an area where dense oxides have compiled as a result from the solidification of the moon's magma ocean. Magma ocean. Yeah, craziness. That's kind of interesting. It could be that. It's kind of interesting to think about. Well, There's I mean, a magma ocean on the moon. Yeah, I don't know. God, I mean, we don't know what's below the surface. That's what's crazy. <laughs> no, we like barely know anything about the moon. That's why it's so crazy. We never go back there. I feel like there's so much left to to be explored there. Yes, 100%. It is really interesting why there hasn't been a focus on the moon. And yet we're like already like, let's go to Mars. Let's go to. Sounds like they're kind of reinitiating that focus, though. Maybe, maybe. Let's hope so. Because I want to know if the (laughs) moon is artificial in any way. Because that would be fucking groundbreaking. (laughs) Well,. God, imagine if there really is some type of underground thing that we're detecting. Yeah. That'd be crazy if we're starting to see that shit. You know, colleges are just picking that up. Like a college accidentally stumbled upon some type of colony that's on the moon. Like there's this underground. Wouldn't that be fucking crazy? If that kind of stuff is really happening, it's going to be harder and harder to cover it up. Don't you think? It is. I mean, it's like such a crazy idea though, right? It's not that crazy though. It's hard. It's like full on Truman show. But I don't know. It's very interesting to me. It could be. It's Um, hard to believe that the moon is fake. I know. I have a lot of belief in the moon too, like spiritually, personally. Well, I don't know necessarily. The cycles of the moon. Is it just fake? 
It seems so ridiculous to me. But why is it so perfect? <laughs> I don't know. Why is it so perfectly round? Gravity, right? <laughs> gravity. <laughs> yeah, everything is due to gravity. I don't know. It's kind of crazy, though. All right. So this is a really interesting true crime story. But they have recently found the remains of a man who went missing a long time ago. He went missing actually in 1997. And he was 40 when he went missing. So he'd be 60 now, somewhere in his 60s. And his name was William Moult. And they actually found him by seeing him on Google Maps. They found his car submerged in a pond in Wellington, Florida. Just like a guy was just looking at google maps and found it yeah that's crazy the aerial image of of that google maps has is like you can see you can literally see it tiny little outline of a car yeah when he was missing they looked for him for like a couple days he was actually at a nightclub and his girlfriend said he had she had no idea where he went went missing and then they abandoned the search pretty soon it was a dead end and um until they received a report of a vehicle submerging upon in moon bay circle wellington florida and his skeletal remains were found in the vehicle that was pulled out of the water. Whoa, so he's crazy. been under the water for like 20 plus years. Not even that far offshore either. How the hell did they not see that? Unless maybe it like was deeper and it somehow made its way up higher where yeah. it could be seen from the air. I'm just thinking. Well, that's like, kind of what they're thinking. Um, that maybe even the temperature change or the uh, amount of water in the Right. Yeah. The pond it has been changing. a long time since, yep. since he went missing. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. It's just some crazy when you think about how much Google Maps can see. I know. Like, Jesus, they could probably really, see really into the houses too. And Google Maps has actually only had this area on Google Maps since 2007, but they didn't find it until 2019. Shouldn't which like, is kind of crazy. That, like, that should be like a basic tool in every law enforcement's I know, to computer be like, is looking for this Google type Earth. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, no one ever saw it. So they believe that either just no one saw it, no one ever looked, or there was a shift in the water level, and that's what made the difference with it, you know, being able to identify the submerged vehicle with ease, opposed to during the investigation in 1997, because they would have seen this area. So, I mean, he probably got drunk, drove intoxicated. Yeah, and just kind of drove, drove right into the yeah. water and ended up drowning in his car he was he did have a few drinks at the bar that night but he was not known to be a frequent drinker so this is like a kind of a total freak thing that happened yeah isn't that wild god and then just to be like resting in peace under the water for so long before you know your family finds you and stuff that's insane oh and i forgot to say they this was actually found by just some guy who used to live in this area and he was just looking where he used to live like checking it out on google maps and was like there's a car there yeah, I Does mean, you could see it if you were looking at it. Totally, it it's really stands out. Like, whoa, what is that? Why, why is there a car there? Yeah, so yeah, because pretty if amazing. You find a car, probably should make sure it's not still there. <laughs> yeah, for you know? sure. Because they pull out the cars out of the water. I'm sure. That's cool, though. I know. I thought that was a super interesting story. It's Sad cool to see small. the ways technology is really helping solve crimes between this and the DNA stuff. It's really interesting. There's been a lot of stuff with Google maps. Yeah. I feel like with Google maps and also facial recognition. Now, yeah. That's facial recognition is going to be like a game changer for, yeah. I, I think law enforcement and police are going to get like with it's AI and stuff. And well, with AI and technology's help, I think it's going to get better as far as like, you're not going to be able to get away with crime. Right. It's getting easily. harder to commit a it's crime. It's going to be harder to commit a crime because 
they already have robots that are like police officers right now. I can't remember. That where exactly really scares it is. me though. I don't want RoboCops. Yeah, literally, we'll That's have RoboCops. I don't like that. But maybe if We're they're lose power here, maybe or maybe they'll do a good, better job than we I can don't do know. right now. I feel like they'll be too black and white about stuff. There's like some stuff that you can, you know, make a judgment call on as a human because you're able to kind of make a decision. And that's a lot of what police work is. Yeah. Is judgment it's a lot calls. of gray area too. Like yeah, you got to exactly. make a, a split second. Decision. And a robot is very black or white about decisions right. and like how things have to go. So I feel like it'd be true. kind of difficult to argue with a robot or like try to explain something. I to wasn't them. speeding. Yes, you were, sir. I'd be like, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes, you were. Here's the, re- here's the receipt. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but it might make it safer for, for law enforcement out there if they don't have to that's true wouldn't it be interesting though if if like you know maybe we had regular cops for for a lot of things but things like going after fugitives or uh you know instead of having to send do- dogs things. into dangerous situations you know you could send a robot in there to oh to take somebody down imagine if you were <laughs> like running scarier, from the police like. and then a robot like a, was charging after you that'd be way scary like i robot yeah, type situation exactly it's running. like that freaky that's where it's headed isn't it crazy that hollywood's literally predicting our future hey i mean there's another topic for you i know we should do a whole episode on I like know, we hollywood all, said this before have people we are like yeah people are like yes 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 and we okay, haven't done it we yet. really need to because i feel like there is a lot of so After many October. movies that have come out that portray our future mm-hmm. but we'll save that topic for another day yes the last thing that i wanted to bring up today is a very perhaps one of the most important artifacts we've ever recovered in history and that is the antikythera mechanism potentially history's first computer what this is craziness so in 1900 a ship full of greek divers hit a storm near the small island of antikythera where they decided to dock and wait out the storm and after it passed they dived down to see what they could find because they're like there Mm -hmm. could be shipwrecks and things like that yeah. And that's exactly what they found. They found a shipwreck and in the ship's cargo, they found vases and statues and other treasure, but they nearly overlooked perhaps the most crazy looking device um, that could have ever existed at that period of time. And this is the Antikythera mechanism. It's Whoa. this modern looking ancient device that consisted of 82 pieces originally, including 30 Whoa. interlocking gear wheels. A technology that would not be seen again in Europe for another thousand years. What? Yes. So that is so interesting. This was a highly advanced device that they had way back. How do we know that? It looks like just stone though. It looks like just a statue. I know, but we've we've kind of figured out how it worked a little bit. So what they did is um after archaeologists were not only blown away by it after mm-hmm. it was discovered, but um, when they had x-ray technology, they were able to see the full complexity of the device uh, mm. through the scans. And so, and what they found is that this technology is so advanced for how old it is that there's, it's hard to understand how it could even be, be made. Like you're, you're saying right now, like what the hell is this thing? Yeah. But it's like essentially literally, literally the world's first computer and we believe what? it was actually a tool used in astronomy. Interesting. So this is potentially the ancient oh. technology that they had, maybe pieces of it even, things. that allowed them to calculate the night sky. Oh. Um, 
Oh, so a lot of ancient civilizations could have used something like this. This a device like this. Because apparently how come I've never heard of this? Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy that this is like not known by everybody. Like this would explain a lot of of why these ancient civilizations had all this knowledge of the sky, because they had an actual computer in that sense, you know? A computer that was able to essentially determine um or it had actually two metal dials which displayed the zodiac in the days of the year with pointers indicating the location of the sun, the moon, and the five planets that were known to the Greeks, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. This is so important, clearly. Our planets mean something to us. The zodiac means something. The placements of our celestial bodies mean something. Well, so they, annoying when people like just completely dismiss astrology and all these ancient groups who clearly took it really seriously. Yeah, to the point that they built technology to calculate yeah. to calculate where these things were. And people are like, LOL, astrology is dumb. Well, well, then why the hell would they have all these gods and goddesses <laughs> of all these planets and stuff too if it was not a big yeah. deal? If it wasn't significant, why would they go through all that trouble? Yeah, literally had a dial that displayed the zodiac. Mm-hmm. That's kind of insane. But literally, like they actually recreated this thing and it literally had all these gears and wheels that were interlocking with each other. And it was like an, it, at one point, this was an extremely detailed mechanism and it actually had ratios based on the different wheels that were used to mimic different motions of celestial objects. So they not only knew locations, but the actual motions of them, such as the moon around the earth. And the measurements were so precise that it enabled its user to predict celestial events like eclipses and show the phase changes of the moon, among other things. Interesting. So this wow. device is ancient, dude, going back thousands yes, of years. Yes, very old. Thousands of you years. You can tell just by looking at it. It doesn't look like a device. It looks like some rock. No, it's I know. It's like a carving. Well, it's because it's all like covered with, it's been underwater yeah. for so long. Right. But they made like a replica of it. Wow, um, that's so cool. That looks like how it might have been at one time. God, some of the things they find. But where do so they get this from? If you think about know. going back that far, from what we know about, the ancient Greeks, they didn't have all these like mechanisms and different things no, as far as we know. No, that they really talked about. Or that we found. Right. Other than like this thing, we've never found a, a technological like recorded, device that could be used to calculate anything, really, I don't think. Well, that explains how they knew so many things. Right. Oh my gosh, that's so fascinating. Which if you think about it, you go all the way back to the Sumerians and the fact that they knew. And yep. that's going how back to the beginning of and- fucking time. So yeah. how did they know? Mm-hmm. I know. That's the one that really gets me. How the fuck did they know? How did they know the layout of the solar system? They had drawings of the solar system. How? Just what? Explain that to me. Doesn't that, make any sense. And that's what's so crazy about it and why, you know, aliens always get brought into everything with the ancient astronaut theory. Yeah, because we think the knowledge m- may have come from space. All yeah. this knowledge of our solar system probably came from somewhere in space, maybe. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. Because, I mean, if you think about it, so much of our knowledge came about when we were able to launch telescopes into space yep. and Hubble and everything else. And mm-hmm. They didn't have any so, of that shit. No, of course not. They had a little, like, hand-cranked device that they were able to calculate all well, this. Well, I'm sure we're being told that they had a lot less than they did. They it clearly seems like had we're more. finding more and more evidence that these ancient cultures were so much more advanced than we thought. Yeah, they really were. They really knew way more than we give them credit for or that we even know. It's crazy. Yep. God. It's just things like this where I'm just like, fuck. Like, 
There's so much all, our whole history we like barely understand. No, we barely. No, we, we barely just even know it. what the Egyptians were doing. We have no clue. No, we really what don't. they knew. It would be so interesting for an Egyptian to read like a textbook about Egypt and see how yeah, see how think. far off we are from them. I'm <laughs> sure we're so way off. off. Yeah, we barely understand our own history. I mean, that's the weird thing about living on this planet when it's been around so much longer than you and there's all these people that have lived before you, your ancestors. It's really interesting to think about. This was a good episode. I'm I thought a lot of this stuff was really interesting. Uh, let really us know is. what you guys what you thought of this episode and what your favorite topic was. Yeah, please do cuz I don't even know what my favorite one is, honestly. So many of these are so interesting. I don't know. I like I like the Jesus is an alien idea. Yeah, it's very it's pretty interesting. interesting. But this is pretty cool. The Antikythera mechanism. Antikythera. I would have never been out be able to pronounce that. Oh, I had to look it up. <laughs> Antikythera. Yep. The Antikythera. The first computer. Wild. But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, be sure to subscribe. Make sure you follow us uh, on Instagram and Twitter too for updates uh, when we have possible delays in the show um, or just to keep up what's going on. Yeah, to be able to send us topics even for this. We asked for a ponder sesh topic. Yeah, if you want to suggest stuff, guys, that's a so. great avenue to do it. Yep. Send us a message and uh, or tweet us or whatever. Well, on Twitter, we're at Mile Higher Pod and then right. on Instagram, we're at Mile Higher Podcast. Right. So that's the difference with that. Yep. But yes, we'll be back next week with a Halloween. Yeah, episode. the next couple episodes will spooky. be very spooky. Spooky. For sure. We're gonna have like a spooky background, probably. Yeah. Go yeah. all out, you know? We will. Fuck it up. But that is it for us today. We hope you guys are having a great day. And we will see you next time. Stay, stay safe. Woke. And stay woke.